What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate it's a mystery, for Ashley a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Kate. Hello. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back, everybody, for season two, episode five of Mad Women, wherein I, Kate, have seen every episode of Mad Men a few times. All of them. Every single one. All of them. But Ashley, she's only seen them this one time. Just this once. Now, what if... Uh Uh-huh. I'd only seen these episodes, but I had seen these episodes several times. All right. Would that, that sentence, change things? I don't understand the sentence you just said. Okay. If I, so go ahead. I have not seen further than where we are in this show. Yes. But what if each of these episodes that we've already podcasted about, I've watched, yeah. say, seven, eight, nine times? Would so, you be impressed? Would you be perturbed? Are you suggesting that, like, like after we recorded each of our episodes, you have since returned and watched them again six to seven times? I'm just, it, it, it's a possibility. Is that it's a, a true it's a, thing? It's a pandemic, Kate. Who knows I, what we're doing? That makes me really sad if you're just rewatching <laughs> one season of a TV series and not going any further. Uh, it's but, not. That's not okay. what's happening. All right. But well, I'm just saying. Yeah. We keep saying I've only seen it one time, and we don't know that that's true. All right. Stop putting me in a box. Ashley has only seen this episode (laughs) once. Or maybe not. She hasn't seen any more than this one. I don't know what you want me to say. I would love to use inclusive language so that you don't feel like... I want this to be a safe space for you, and, and I just need your help. Okay. Yeah. It's you know what, Kate. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm just being silly. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing a goof. You do those. <laughs> I hear. Speaking of goofs, that you had an oopsie whoopsie <gasps> for us. Yeah, an oopsie daisy. Now, oopsie this daisy. For, this was for. Bo- is that what I called them last time? An oopsie poopsie. I can't remember. I, a whoopsie daisy. I think I called it a whoopsie daisy. I feel like all of these are the same. They're the same. They're all exactly the same. <laughs> now, listen, this was for both of us. Oh. It was when you were talking last episode about um, 30 Rock. You were reminded uh-huh. of the scene with uh, Alec, um, Alec Baldwin and who you called Jane Krasinski. And I was like, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's totally correct. You nailed yeah. it. No. <laughs> yeah. Jane Krakowski okay. is her name. Because John Krasinski. John Krasinski yeah. is Jim from The Office. Okay. Yeah. Krakowski. So that's our oopsie poopsie. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up because I've listened to that and I didn't, I still didn't get it. What was going through my mind and the reason that I was afraid I was saying it wrong was because I always want to say Jane Katzmerich, who was the, played the oh. mother on Malcolm in the Middle. Right. But I right. know, it's like, no, it's another... Eastern European name that starts with K. Uh, and apparently there's more than two of those. There are. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah, we don't, listen, we don't want those Broadway heads coming after us. Right. Come on. Those Broadway people. Because get ya. Dr- Jane K- Krakowski is primarily she's known a, as a Broadway actress. She's a huge Broadway actress. Oh, yeah. Huh. I don't think I knew that. 
Thank you I for think, teaching me. Yeah, I think she was on Broadway again right before the world ended. Okay. Maybe. And you're not thinking of Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. You're not thinking of Adele Dazeem. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That's what John Don't Travolta, come after me. So there's Adina Menzel, and she's going to perform at, I, I think, the Oscars. And John Travolta introduced her as Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. That's a whoopsie whoopsie daisy. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about season two, episode five of Mad Men called The New Girl. The New Girl. And first, cue music cue. Uh, Oh, Ashley predicted. All right. So here we go. Ashley predicted that someone will come out and say, Peggy Olson, this baby came from your womb. It is now being raised by your sister. Um, okay. We, uh, that, that was going to be done possibly by one of the fates who would uh-huh. have the eyeball. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Pref- probably not Professor Trelawney or someone of her ilk. <laughs> and Peggy's response would be, I know, bitch, whatever. Because um, essentially, I, yeah, Peggy knows, but it would be for our benefit. Right. I want to say, mm-hmm. I think I got kind of close on that one. I We resolved some things here. Mm-hmm. And yes. that is, I think everyone appreciated that. <laughs> I have things to say about that also. Oh, I'm sure. But additional predictions. Betty can't turn off human emotions. Mm. So when something is funny, she's laughing un- inc- uncontrollably. When there's she's surprised, she screams in terror. When anyone is attractive... She wants to get it on, and <laughs> shenanigans will be had mm-hmm. based on this behavior. Mm-hmm. The boy Bobby shows up to Don's office and starts taking his clothes off. <laughs> uh, Don would say, no, wrong Bobby. And then an Apollo, live at the Apollo-style shepherd's hook would just come Shepherd's in hook that's what they're called yeah yeah and and snatch him off stage out yeah. of the office and then girl bobby would come in and disrobe <laughs> uh, okay okay the girl some would know her as sally but we here know her <laughs> as the girl uh has now developed a taste for alcohol and she'd be making her own drinks mm-hmm. and she would be filling all of the bottles with water regardless of what was in them mm-hmm. to account for what she takes out she'd be a mean drunk (laughs) especially to betty and she would yell drunkenly at betty you don't know what i can do (laughs) at which point betty goes through all of her emotions yeah because it's funny because she's a child she's devastated by the disrespect and by the alcoholism she's upset by the insults and Mm. i mean presumably that's where some of the shenanigans would be highlighted by betty right right Right. Pete wears shorter and shorter shorts <laughs> until he ends up in a Borat-style mankini situation. Oh, I'm sad we didn't get there. I, hey, you and me both. Cooper <laughs> is still mad about the gum on his sock, so he throws out the sock. And he turns mm. the other Argyle sock into a sock puppet and talks to it. And this will be the first sign in uh, his decline into a serious mental illness. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the lingo 
was the phrase, it's the fuzz. As in the police. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and yeah. listen, I mm-hmm. was pretty close there too. You're not wrong about that. The there police fuzziness. did come. They did. Mm-hmm. They were <clears throat> real fuzzy. So, um, synopsis. Real brief synopsis. Don, once again, finds himself having to deal with issues between TV comedian Jimmy and his wife, Bobby. Oh. An understatement. And then Joan finally finds Don the perfect secretary. Mm. But we're going to start talking about someone who is not mentioned in the synopsis, and that is Pete. Because Pete and Trudy have their own little adventure. (laughs) They sure do. The whole episode starts off... Where they're at Dr. Stone's office. And Trudy is like looking fine. And she's sitting uh, down. And Pete looks hella awkward. And he's like (laughs) walking around. Like futzing with. Looking at the models and the posters on the wall and stuff. Right. I knew immediately before anything even Mm -hmm. happened. Before anyone was speaking. That they were at the OBGYN. Yeah. And that this was going to be some fertility counseling or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is one of those things that had been kind of built up mm-hmm. uh, after all of their trying. So there's a the next scene we see Pete is on his own with Dr. Stone being asked questions. And they are very awkward. And my favorite one, my favorite response by Pete was when he was asked, did your testicles descend normally? And he says, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene with this doctor. Mm-hmm. It's very funny to me. I don't know if this is just the actor's real voice or if it was a mm-hmm. acting choice to speak sort of slowly and enunciate if it was his attempt at that like transatlantic accent of the 60s, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But Pete has such an interesting way of speaking where yeah. everything is like very enunciated. Mm-hmm. His speech pattern is sort of, like, slowed down. Yeah. And when the doctor is asking him, like, you know, do you reach completion? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a red-blooded American male. Like, the way yeah. that he says uh-huh. it is so... So yeah. his his way of speaking is so strange to me. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that's Vincent Carthizer's idea of, like, that's how you talked mm-hmm. in the 60s was. And as a... With the kind of education and exactly. uh, social class that he's a part of, right. particularly. Exactly. That, I mean, even when we were kids, I remember being taught, like, I remember my, like, third grade teacher saying that contractions, you use them because you were lazy. I don't know that she didn't use contractions, but just there was definitely a high value placed on enunciation and speech in certain mm-hmm. circles. I remember hearing a pot a podcast like an interview with rich summer who he plays harry crane and he oh, okay. is in a lot of um like he's involved with, like the comedy community in in la and is on a lot of funny shows so he ends up on comedy podcasts that i listen to <laughs> but um i remember him saying that you had to stick exactly to the script in mad men and mm. if you said can't instead of cannot they would like stop and make you do it again right like they definitely took a word. Lot of they time. wanted it word perfect. Mm-hmm. That was also true on the Gilmore Girls set. Oh, it was a very yeah. 
famous, very famously known that uh-huh. you had to be absolutely word perfect. Yeah. In the Gilmore Girls set uh, or on the on uh-huh. uh, on yeah on set. There was no um, messing oh, yeah. around with those. No, scripts. and same thing. Like yeah. if it said cannot, you mm-hmm. say cannot. Yeah. You do not say can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much word perfect. Mm-hmm. So word perfect Pete is he's very jovial about everything. He's a, mm-hmm. this is a very he's very jaunty at all times in yeah. his uh, in this episode, and he has this little conversation with that gets kind of serious with the doctor about mm-hmm. how he kind of doesn't want children. Right. Like he he gives these reasons like what man doesn't want a child like he's supposed to, but then there's the bomb and right. He says when you think about the world right now. Mm-hmm. And starts naming all these reasons. <laughs> One part of the scene that I loved was when... So they talk about this, like, oh, uh-huh. the bomb. And yeah, when you think about the world right now, and mm-hmm. the doctor says, do you worry about the world? And he says, occasionally. He, like, very <laughs> enunciated the O, occasionally. Yeah. But yeah. then the doctor says, uh, are you around? Any, do you work around x-rays or anything like that? And he says, uh-huh. oh, no, I'm in advertising. We got a Xerox machine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love this idea that they're so new to the idea mm-hmm. of a Xerox machine that it might yeah. cause infertility. <laughs> That's always what guys think of. Cell phone, it used to be a big thing, like keeping your cell phone in your in pocket. In your pocket, yeah. Uh, microwaves. Yeah. Just any technology, guys, I mean, everything that happens, guys are like, how will this affect my dick? That's so That is true. their number one question that is in so this world. true when those 5g towers were coming up yeah. they're like first it's giving us covid mm-hmm. second it's making us sterile exactly that's yep. what's happening that's why they care about tidy whities and shit exactly anyway speaking of men uh i don't know <laughs> pete <laughs> like they, they get to the subject of his father who just died and pete says that he just tries not to think about him <laughs> and mm-hmm. and considers that maybe he's the end of the line which he has a brother who is married, so right. I'm not sure how that makes him the end of the line, but uh, he agrees to uh, drop off a sperm sample and just, like, I guess that his the nurse was going to call him, and he just says, "We're at whenever she's free. Yeah, I loved that line. Yeah. I loved it. And, he, was, and he's so tickled by himself in uh-huh. that joke as well. Yes, he just makes the that biggest grin. He's just like, aren't I a devil? <laughs> yeah. And the next time we see him, it's when she's free. Mm-hmm. And he's in the bathroom. And it's like, they make a really big point, I feel like, to emphasize this is the most, like, the least, it is an office building. Mm-hmm. Like, the lights are bright, everything, the background is white colors, mm-hmm. and you can hear street sounds. Like, you... You hear a lot of car noise. Yeah. Um, and then he looks through the magazine. Like, he has a little cup, and he's got this pile yes. of magazines. I wrote down all the names of the magazines. Did you oh. catch them? I didn't catch all of them, but I caught the one that seemed very much out of place. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, it goes... First, it's Nudie Facts, the mm-hmm. factual story of contemporary nudism. And then International Nudist Tour Guide. Okay. And then... Uh, U.S. News and World Report, 20 years later, the true story of Pearl Harbor, as Japanese tell. (laughs) (laughs) True story of Pearl Harbor. Oh, my Lord. And then Jaybird USA, 
The Pleasure Seekers, Raw and Ready, You and Your Bare Tootsies, Exclusive Nudist Scenes. Oh my. That was like, those were a bunch of little blurbs on the cover. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that all of these magazines just called themselves nudie mags. Like I've heard the term nudie mags, but I didn't realize that they all had that title. Yeah. And then I started looking into the history of like adult magazines in the United States because I was like, is, was there some law that was passed that allowed, you know, because pornography has a long history of regulation in different ways. Right. And I don't remember everything exactly, but it was like, there was something called the penthouse wars because originally Playboy was like tasteful Mm -hmm. and then penthouse came along. I mean, tasteful. It didn't show like, genitals Mm -hmm. and then penthouse came along and they were like we're gonna show you some stuff Mm -hmm. and then it was like a an escalating arms race between the two of them of who could show more skin or or whatever i don't know but interesting but penthouse didn't come out to like 65 or something so i guess before that it was more just like you know they, they, they they weren't running afoul of of the censors by not putting in more stuff i don't know there's a lot of other like information about it but i just thought that was interesting i was surprised when they didn't have an old school playboy in that mm-hmm. magazine pile yeah i thought for sure once we saw these and i knew they were called yeah. nudie mags i was like as yeah. soon as we see these nudie mags we're gonna see mm-hmm. a playboy in there but i was very surprised that there wasn't yeah they couldn't get the rights they couldn't get the rights yeah. so we don't see anything after that he does pick that last one that seemed like the mo- most uh juicy one mm-hmm and then the last scene we actually see with him, he's walking in all jaunty after work and Trudy is putting dinner on the table mm-hmm. and asks him how he's doing. And he says, spectacular. Duck called Bert Peterson a mongoloid. <laughs> what a leader of men. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. Called him yeah. a mongoloid. <laughs> Which is, of course, not an okay term. No. But nope. it's also like... This is what he comes home and tells his wife about is like mm. this little weird spat that his, you know, boss t- told someone else. And Bert Peterson, I don't know that we've ever met Bert Peterson. He's that's like a name, yeah, that gets thrown around. But then Trudy brings it back to what's clearly on her mind that the doctor had called, and the sample right. was quite viable, quite viable. And mm-hmm. he is uh, elated. Yeah, he is what do you so know? happy that his boys are swimming. I didn't even know the boys were swimming. Yeah. Now he does know. <laughs> now he knows. Uh-huh. Right. They're Should, able to leap yeah. tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> uh, and so, Stone can blow up your ovaries or do whatever his cutting edge plan is. <laughs> blow up your ovaries. Oh my God, I love that yeah. line. That is wild so like yeah he does not understand why mm -hmm. trudy would at all be disappointed in this news or feeling any kind of way Mm -hmm. yeah he is no sense of the fact that like that means the problem is you right he's Um, such a dick in this scene yeah he really is and she says peter i can't believe you and he's like you had to know this was a possible outcome and so here yeah. is Pete getting mad at Trudy for being mad. Like, mm-hmm. he's making himself some kind of victim instead of supporting his wife. Right. And then he's like, he, he kind of, he finally has the conversation with her that he'd had with Peggy and that he'd had with Dr. Stone, but not her, his own wife. Right. That like, why are, why do we have to have these kids? 
I was having a great time, weren't you? Right. He's like, we can't travel. We can't go to the movies. Yeah. And And she's uh, over it. Yeah. And he says, I just did a very private thing in a very public place for you. (laughs) And then, like, he's just ups and tries to leave. He says, make it through this or keep it to yourself, which is so childish. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a dick in this scene. He has Mm -hmm. no empathy, no understanding, and, and just doesn't want to beyond not understanding her he doesn't mm-hmm. even want to deal with it yeah like forget trying to empathize or trying yeah. to understand he's like you're gonna feel some kind of way and either mm-hmm. you stop feeling that kind of way or you yeah. just keep it to yourself yeah this is not my problem this is a you problem not exactly an us problem. and it relates to like i mean we think about how often we've seen betty distraught over something happening to her looks or to Sally's looks. And Trudy is in the same, you know, scheme where she's following this plan where she remains beautiful. She marries a successful man. The next step is to have kids. Mm -hmm. And if she's not having kids, she asks, what is this all for? Mm -hmm. This is my job is to marry and have children. And now like, what? And she looks around this apartment that they yeah. that they've purchased. That's mm-hmm. definitely bigger than the two of them alone would yeah. need. Yeah, um, yeah. Like this whole life that they're building <clears throat> is supposed to supposed to yeah. include children. Mm-hmm. At that moment, Pete kind of recognizes that like he doesn't know <laughs> what's happening, and it's like they have they have to eat somewhere else. They they don't they have to get out of this space because that mm-hmm. space is like part of what's holding them. To this uh, standard. Right. So it's generally pretty sad. Uh, yeah. And that's, but that's, you know, moving Pete and Trudy along. The other Poor Trudy. Of, yeah. She's so smart. You know, she's just another one of those women in the show that's like, she should have a job. She would mm-hmm. be so good at, like, doing something for herself. Yeah. So the other kind of minor storyline in this episode is Joan. And we had had some hints that Joan was due to be engaged. She knew when it was going to happen. And there was a penalty for it not happening then. Right. But this time we see her showing off that ring. Well, that opening scene with her when uh, Mm -hmm. Freddie and Don are walking into the office. And Freddie's telling some weird ass story about birds picking (laughs) seeds out of horse shit. I was like, what is any of this supposed to mean? And he was like, step aside, boys. That's my job. (laughs) What? What does that mean? Freddy has quite an episode. Oh, Freddy. Oh, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. But you can hear all the girls squealing in, like, the break room. And then Joan comes out and just waves at them with this big old rock on her finger. Uh Uh-huh. Was there a moment where one of the girls asked her if she could take Don's office, if she could cover his desk? Yes. Did yes. that happen that first that's scene? That's the next time. That's the, that's next, the time next time we see them. Yeah. Okay. I must have mislabeled my things again. Yes. Because um. she's at, so the next time we see Joan, mm-hmm. she's at Don's desk and all the girls are gathered around and yes. they're looking at the ring and she's saying, uh, we've already picked our colors. It's red and green. We're getting married uh-huh. at Christmas. He just doesn't know it yet. Oh. Um, and one of the secretaries says, I can cover Draper's desk for you if you want to work on wedding plans. And she says, uh-huh. you had your shot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I see what happened. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that you had your shot was like so... 
I, it made me wonder too, like, what was up with that? Like, why did, why did the secretary want that spot now? Yeah. Not before. Well, I have to wonder how many of those secretaries had, had cycled through as Don's secretary before they got oh, Peggy. That's like before the show even yeah. started. I see what you're, so like, it's just like Lois saying that she could do it. Right. She already, that's a really good point. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, she's, at this point, in the beginning of the show, Joan is the center of attention. Of course, we've heard it before that secretaries often start this job just to look for a man. Mm-hmm. Last last episode, or last season, Stephanie Courtney's character was like, I used to think I would find my husband here. Right. Right. Um, and so she's done, I mean, she's been there a long time. She's in her early 30s, like some kind of old spinster. Right. But she's here. But then, who shows up? But there's a new girl, Joan and Jane, come into oh, the office. Oh, Jane. She is so gorgeous. Yeah. This actress, is. I don't know who this actress is, but holy mm-hmm. moly. Yes. She is such a hottie. Her name is Peyton List, and she's, according to Matt zoller Seist's article, <laughs> she is best known for her roles on the science fiction series Flash Forward and The Flash. So I, saw I don't know flash those. forward. Maybe that's why I recognized her. Cause when that show came on mm-hmm. years ago, I watched not yeah. all of it, but a fair mm-hmm. amount of the beginning of it. Maybe that's where I oh. know her from. That was an interesting show. Was it? That flash forward show. Yeah. It's like <laughs> spoilers for flash forward. All right, not maybe. really spoilers, not really spoilers, but the whole premise is like the whole world one day uh-huh. like blacks out yeah. And in this blacked out state, they have a vision of their future. Mm-hmm. And so every single person in the world, and it's not just any random future, it's a specific day in the future. Oh, okay. So now everybody in the world knows exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's a specific on day on uh-huh. that day. And so maybe it's not the same day, but at some point in the future, because then you have to be like, mm-hmm. well, you were in my future, but I wasn't in yours. And were you dead? And yeah, all this stuff. So what I'm gathering is that it's completely separate from The Flash, which I assume is the comic book character. Yes. And she just happens to be in two Flash-dominant TV series. I guess so. I guess so. All right, Peyton. Yeah. So so Joan and Jane, there there already are a lot of... Like, they, they immediately set up these similarities between them. They're both wearing blue... They're both mm-hmm. like walking through. I just wrote in parentheses legs exclamation point. Like they're both <laughs> just walking through this office like they're you know peacocks on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the show Jane is titled is "The New Girl." Herself. Yes. Oh yeah, and it just gets more and more. And yes. they they get to so Jane is now going to be Dawn's secretary. Uh, Joan like mentions the fiance like brings it up completely unnaturally, and. Um, Jane, there's like a beat, and then she has the obligatory, oh my god, the ring is so pretty, can I see, you know. She says, your ring is so lively. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was such yeah. an interesting uh-huh. word choice. It's so lively. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I'm a little bit clairvoyant, and I can tell you two are going to be very happy together. <laughs> yeah, that's such a and then she says, college I girl feel, thing to say. She says, I feel like I'm walking in tall cotton. <laughs> 
does that mean? Listen, aren't you, darling? You're going to be gangbusters. You're going to be gangbusters. I wrote down, that's a lot of lingo. Well, tall cotton, that's like, you've hit the big time. Is it? Is that, is that a saying that people oh, say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe it's more common in the South because that's where cotton is from. But looking it up, okay, the term high cotton or tall cotton originates from the rural farming community in the antebellum South when high cotton meant that crops were good and the prices were too. The term has generalized to mean one is doing well or is successful. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Look at you learning me. It's a bit of a country bumpkin thing to say. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, so between your ring is lively, yes. you'll be very happy together. I'm walking in tall cotton. She's like buttering Joan up. This is like, oh, these yeah. are the things that you say to your boss on the first day of work. Oh, yeah. Um, I also liked that Joan said, I've been offered a few and this is by far the best. Yes. When it comes to the wedding rings, her engagement right. rings. And I'll point Joan- out also like... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, she looks and seems legitimately happy. Yes, about the ring and the engagement. But she has mentioned this guy a couple times, and like mm-hmm. we saw them making out on Valentine's Day. That's and she has true. expressed like little to no excitement <laughs> about the That's guy. That's true. She, when they were making out, <laughs> she wasn't even paying attention. She was yeah. watching Jackie O. That's <laughs> right, true. So, but yes, she is like, she has, this was a long-term goal and she is very happy to have gotten it and then i wrote i know you love not uh non-diegetic music i wrote the music it was like this i wrote tiki bar because it was these drums and like this primal like all of this really energetic music that was not during the joan and jane scene and specifically at the end when all the men just start oh, coming at yeah, them. yeah, 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 yes. Yes, I remember what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. All of these men are like... Very primal. On on the prowl. Yes. And it's it's the beginning of that. Um, except for one guy who comes in, and his name is Don Draper. He barely even <laughs> acknowledges Jane exists. And then he says, I'm not paying attention anymore until they're here a month. Until they're here a month. That's right. Because Ken is like, uh, did you see that? <laughs> Uh-huh. Were your eyes yeah. open, Donnie boy? Uh-huh. We all want to get it. Yeah. We're, That's what um, he was saying. The boys, they're a fan of Jane. Oh, boys. So the next time we see John, uh, Joan, who are these people? <laughs> so there's this wonderful cut when we yes. go from Pete yes. looking at the nudie mags and picking one up and preparing. About to, to Roger jerk it. About to get down to business. Uh-huh. To Roger with a paddle ball. Just like whack, 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 Oh, yeah, with his hand going yeah. up and down, up and down, right? He's just sitting yeah. down, his hand leaning is over up and down. Yeah. behind his desk, <laughs> by himself in his office. Yeah. That, what did Matt Zoller Seist refers to it as one of Mad Men's funniest transitions. Yes. A cut from Pete perusing nudie mags in the doctor's sperm sample room to a close up of Roger's hand, whap, whapping a paddle ball. <laughs> So that was delightful. Um, it was delightful. And, and I love that Joan says, you can hear that from outside. <laughs> and Roger says, nobody knows what I'm doing. It's good for mystique. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he wants people to think that he's jerking it. Yeah. I love it. And I'll also just put this, you know, just a note. We've been tracking 
weird shit that we cut to Roger doing whenever mm. we see him for the first time. <laughs> or, you know, right. this time, it was real weird. Uh, yeah. But she's, he starts, like, lecturing her on how unhappy she's going to be. <laughs> and, like, what are you going to... She... She, he he asks what's wrong with him uh-huh. as if Joan couldn't catch like a a whole good person right yeah. rude and she asks him are you being a concerned daddy mm-hmm. I loved his penny analogy mm-hmm. he says I'm going to tell you the same thing I told my daughter yeah. put a penny in a jar for each time you make love in the first year of your marriage take a penny out for each time you make love the second year of your marriage you know what you're going to have at the end of that all what? A jar full of pennies. Oh my god. Sorry that you ain't getting it from yeah. Mona. It's it's so, like, selfish, because also, you're the one that gave up Joan. <laughs> right. Uh, that's right. your problem. And she says, I've always been faithful to whomever I was with. Yeah. So do we take that to mean that when she was fooling mm-hmm. around with Roger, she wasn't fooling around with nobody else? I think so. I think so. Which is interesting because the night that Roger had the heart attack. Exactly. He swore her off after that, but she had been with another guy that night. Exactly. That old dude. So what does that even mean? I don't know. Had they broken up before that? I don't know. Um, But she does say that she assumed that Roger was unhappy with Mona. It wasn't that um, he just wanted anyone else I don't know. She says, I always assumed you were unhappy with Mona, not the whole idea. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. That she didn't realize, right, Mm -hmm. she didn't realize he was so poo-poo on marriage Mm -hmm. in general, that he just didn't like Mona. But at the same time, last episode, he was friggin' pushing his daughter to set a wedding date, so. Yeah. Men ain't shit. Especially that man. Roger's a mess. Yeah, he's a mess. But can we just say... Joan in that blue dress. <laughs> and when she walks away at the end of that scene, mm-hmm. uh, just her ass. All I can yeah. say is that ass. <laughs> oh, Joni. Yeah. Yeah, They oh. whenever she leaves Roger's office, they always give us Roger's point of view, which is right on that booty. Just that tush. Yeah. He did suggest that she would stop working mm-hmm. when he got married, and, and she says that she wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So... But also, she doesn't seem 100% certain about it. It's almost like it hadn't really occurred to her. Right. <laughs> like, she she assumes that she'll work. She didn't ever plan to leave. Um, so the next time we see Joan, there's a bunch of lurkers, but they're not around Joan anymore. They're around Jane. Mm-hmm. And they're just like a bunch of dudes that we don't even know hanging around some filing cabinets. And yeah. Joan comes in and says, unless one of you needs help finding a dead client file, I suggest you pitch your tents elsewhere. I love it. <laughs> Which is very like forward. It's Joan, of course it's forward. Yeah. She's it fooling yeah. around. It just felt like strong language, but mm. also, you know what? The sixties are happening. Well, it was a double entendre. Yeah, but it's a very specific one. It is very specific. But it's like yeah. they're setting up camp in front of this girl's mm-hmm. office and also their wieners are hard. <laughs> so <laughs> That's was, right. It was both. It's perfect. <laughs> she tells, this is, I think I learned this word from this scene. She tells jo- Jane, your decolletage is distracting. Yeah, you didn't know that word before? I mean, not before 2009. Right, okay, all right. I didn't learn it, like, this time. <laughs> it, it didn't really come out that much. But Jane is so fucking cocky, 
Like, all of the... So cocky. Yeah. She's got her shirt all unbuttoned, Mm -hmm. damn near down to her tummy, Mm -hmm. with a little camisole underneath. Yeah. So, yeah, all these boys are lurking, and she's also, like, seductively leaning over the desk, like, chewing on a pencil. Her, like, legs are out from behind the desk. Like, (laughs) we've never seen that, and, and, I mean, she's clearly just, like, here on display, but then she she knows how to play the game because Ken comes and is acting like they're old friends and she right. is just like shutting him down and asks like, what's your title? Mm-hmm. He says, title? I'm Ken Cosgrove <laughs> from accounts. <laughs> he just has to keep at it. And then he asks her to like a show and that's when Freddie opens oh, the door oh, and plays Mozart on his zipper. <laughs> on his zipper, on his fly. <laughs> And it's such a long amount of time of him just grabbing his pants and playing his zipper. And they're just looking at him. And then he goes, it's Mozart. Uh, But before all that, I mm -hmm. love Joan telling Jane, like, this is a professional office. Yeah. Go out at lunch and get a sweater. Mm -hmm. Be reasonable. There's still plenty to see. And you know that. I loved that line. Yeah, yeah Leave she some to the imagination. Right. Like, I've been playing this game in this office for a long time. I and know here's what's interesting. what you're doing. What's that? So Joan, she dresses seductively, mm-hmm. but not provocatively. Like, those mm-hmm. dresses are very mm-hmm. form-fitted. Yeah. They are very sexy. Yes. But they're not short. In the legs, mm-hmm. they're not low neckline, mm-hmm. you know, like she keeps herself covered up. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, listen, lady, mm-hmm. little Lady Jane, you can yeah. still give them a show without, uh-huh. you know, stripping right here in the office. Exactly. Yeah. Which was great. I loved that. But yeah, fucking it's like Freddie playing Mozart. Oh, Lord. Joan, if she went to high school when we went to high school, like... She would fit the dress code, but it would be, like, right on the borderline. Yep. It's like, why are you making these high school boys still horny, even though you're following the dress code? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not how it works. Right. Um, there, I'd need to also just relate the Mozart bum, 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 bum. I can never remember what that is. Like, I, I know it's know. one of right. the most famous pieces of music ever written. Right. But in Ace Ventura Pet Detective, when Ace is at the rich guy's party... And he walks past a quartet that is playing that. Uh-huh. As he's walking, he just, like, pulls the elbow of one of the violinists. And so it goes, bah, 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 like, it has that. Uh-huh. And I saw Ace Ventura so many times as a child that I cannot <laughs> separate that scene from this piece of music. Gotcha. And I love that now also I you will have... hold in my heart Freddie Rumson playing it on his zipper. On his zipper. Mm-hmm. This okay. is how Mozart intended it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what he was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that's really the last Jane scene. There's like a scene where they're there, but it's, they like welcome uh, Jimmy Barrett and he compliments Jane. Right. Um, but other than that, that little interaction is, is like the last main Joan and Jane mm-hmm. business. So now we can go back and talk to the real story Ooh, of boy. the new girl. Because you know what? Who? Who boy? This was a doozy. It was a real doozerella. <laughs> so 
looking at Don and Peggy's storyline. So it starts off really as a Don storyline where Bobby calls through Joan. It's like when Joan was showing off her ring at mm-hmm. the desk. She tells Don that they sold the TV show Grin and Barrett and um, invites him to like the af- the celebration at Sardi's. Mm-hmm. And he said like he... She says that we we should call it a business lunch, that it would be like on right. the Sterling Cooper, you know, business. And he says, no, let's not confuse this. This right. is not business. Right. Yeah. And she says, I'm about to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, get down here or I'm yeah. over it. Yeah. And so, so he gets down there. He does. And Jimmy left crazy. What? She's all by her lonesome now. Drinking martinis. I love that she's on her second march. She is so much just one of the boys. Yeah. Like, she's not, and, and this comes up later, mm-hmm. right? Like, she's very womanly, and she's using her feminine yeah. wiles. But she's not drinking a girly drink. Mm-hmm. She's having no. a dirty martini. She's not drinking a Brandy Alexander. Exactly. It's not sweet enough. I Something that you said in the last, in our last episode didn't really click with me until I saw this episode about how she just is the Don Draper of mm-hmm. this relationship and how mm-hmm. she's the one who's like telling him what to do and where to go. And he doesn't, he like resists her every time mm-hmm. more or less. Minimally. It is never his choice. Yes. And, he resists but, you know. it first. He's like, Oh yeah. no, I can't. Oh, I yeah. can't. And she says, mm-hmm. but baby is cold outside. And he's like, <laughs> okay. It, pretty much. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's certainly willing, but he kind of pushes back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? She's not the only one at this, uh, at Sardi's. Who else do we see? Oh my goodness. So he sits down. Uh-huh. They start to chat. And in from the door walks the most beautiful Jew that there ever was, Mama Mankin. <laughs> Here comes Mama Merkin. It's Mrs. Katz. It's Thank Mrs. You very Katz much. now. That's right. Yeah. Which With his... Mm-hmm. How much, I guess, yeah, I guess there's been like a year plus that has elapsed yeah. since the last time. I was like, how'd she get married so quick? But yeah. then I remembered, we in 1962 now. Right. We're 1962, that. and I wouldn't be surprised if Mama Merkin lowered her standards a little bit after well, Dawn. She clearly did. You know? She, she was like, did. that's, I'm not going to get that feeling out of someone who's actually available. So let's just right. find a nice Jewish boy. Yep. Who says, I love comedians <laughs> when yes. he meets uh Yes. When he meets Jimmy Bobby. Garrett's wife. Yeah. Um, Tilden. I, Tilden yes. Katz is Tilden his name. Tilden Katz. A fine man, if there ever was one. I was reminded of the Bob Dylan song, Just Like a Woman, that one of the final verses says, when we meet again, introduced as friends, please don't let on that you knew me when I was hungry and it was your world. And Ooh. I felt like... That's very much describing Don and uh, Rachel. Yeah. Don is is so flustered. Mm -hmm. He is so flustered. Because he he never gave up on her. He wanted her. Like, she gave up on him. Right. And now he's in a relationship that he has a lot less power in. But also, Rachel took the power away. Yeah. So. He, with Rachel, he Mm -hmm. really, really wanted her. He really wanted her. And with Bobby, he doesn't really want her. Yeah. He's just kind of going along with it. Mm -hmm. He was fine mixing business and pleasure with Rachel. Mm -hmm. And he told her his story that he Mm -hmm. hasn't told anybody. So, yeah. 
she's a big, um, a big hole in his heart. But I wrote, both ladies are 100% into him. LOL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And both of their, so speaking of fashion. Uh-huh. Both of their dresses are so yeah. gorgeous. Here's something interesting. Oh. Bobby is wearing a gold dress mm-hmm. and has gold nail polish. Ooh. Which I feel is very uh, forward for the mm-hmm. 60s. I feel yeah. like there was a lot of uh, just reds, pinks, keeping uh-huh. it very um, mainstream. Mm-hmm. And that's very avant-garde to have gold nail polish. Mm. It just it stood mm-hmm. out to me. Yeah. This gold nail polish. And Rachel's dress, this mm-hmm. pink with all of this beautiful beaded embroidery. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Oh, she's so gorgeous. Yeah, they I mean each each character, but it it seems to be the most distinctive in the women. Like their wardrobe very much is distinctive based on who they are, who they are presenting themselves to the world to be. Mm-hmm. And so like Bobby being this power broker, older, been around the block, showbiz, tough lady, like that, she's, she's, it's almost like, it made me think of Cleopatra, just when you were saying that she's like covered in gold, just that, you know, an elder stateswoman, but also very attractive and a tiger. Right. So, what is it? Who says, tell me what I want? Bobby tells Uh, that to Bobby. Yeah. So, so, Rachel leaves, because she and Tilden Mm -hmm. have tickets to A Funny Thing Happened. They have seats for a funny thing happened. Yep. And uh, Bobby says, I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And Don says, well, you know, we should probably get food somewhere else. And she says, yeah, it feels a little cloudy in here right now. Uh, Yeah, because Tilden had no idea what was going on. Right. Rachel and Bobby both knew exactly what was going on. (laughs) Exactly what was going on. Neither of them were at all tricked or uncertain. Yes. And so Bobby says, tell me what I want. Mm -hmm. And Don says, steak tartare. And she Which was like, "You're so. Bold. How are you so good at this?" <laughs> <laughs> I want red meat, and I don't even want you to cook it. Yeah, gross. And then, like, at some point, they start talking about doing the negotiations, and and I, dear listener, I watched this episode like a week ago, and so my <laughs> notes are not as complete. I assumed that my memory would fill in some blanks. <laughs> so they do start talking do- about negotiations, but here's what's interesting. Yes. So. Bobby talks about, she says, I boxed them in for 39 on the order. She's talking about the show, like how many episodes mm-hmm. she's going to get. And she's talking about all these negotiations. And she says, yeah. you should have seen my neckline. <laughs> right? Presumably saying yeah. my top was cut real low. Yeah. This coming mm-hmm. before, because this hasn't happened yet, but before Joan eventually is going to be like, button yeah. your shirt up. We're professional. Her you decolletage was showing. Exactly. You don't need to give it all mm-hmm. away. And Bobby is over here like, you should have seen my neckline and the things yeah. that I was able to get and the business yeah. I was able to to make happen. Because this is already, um, as well documented, Don and Bobby did some business <laughs> over uh, negotiating with sexual um, assault. That's right. And so that's just kind of like their vocabulary now. Yeah. Bobby says, I negotiate for everything. You're really mm-hmm. telling somebody they're not worth... Or she says it's a tricky thing because you're really telling somebody they're not worth what they think they are. Mm-hmm. And Don is just like, I hate negotiating. Yeah. He says negotiating is a bore. A bore. Mm-hmm. And then she says it's hand-to-hand combat. And if you don't like negotiating, what do you like? And he says the answer is huge. But he does like 
the ocean, and movies. Yeah. And you know who else liked movies? Pete. And he was sad that he wasn't going to be able to true. go to them. That's true. These boys, they just want to go to the movies. They just want to go to the fucking movies. So he says, I like the ocean. And she's like, great, do me on it. <laughs> I know where one is. Let's go. I, yeah. One, one line that I put uh, that I think came bef- like in the middle of that is, this is America. Pick a job and then become the person that does it. Yes. And that was that a very was cool Bobby. line. Mm-hmm. Which also feels like what Harry Crane did with the movie. Yes. Uh, the television department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yep so they head to the ocean yes cut to and, them in yeah. the car and it's like it, it felt like cruella Deville's car that's like on fire all the time like that's what i felt <laughs> there was just so much like energy on fire and dr- isn't that cruella Deville like in the cartoon i don't remember her car it like being shoots flames oh fi- uh, yeah not like maybe. going to explode but just like a f- Maybe. In in her wake. Okay. In my head, that's what it is. I can't say that I've watched it in a very long time. I don't know that there's any fire. I think you're... Well, we'll, we'll figure this out in the future I when I... I'll... will be our next whoopsie-daisy. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. There it is. There it is. There it is. Coming mm. out of the side. There's one picture. Uh-huh. It looks like a go-kart situation. Yeah. Here, I'll, sh- I'll show it to you. Look it. Okay. Do you see? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Coming out the side. Yeah. Because her car looks like a Pinewood Derby car. It does look like a Pinewood <laughs> Derby. Yes. Pinewood yeah. Derby car. Uh-huh. Um, now that you mentioned the whoopsie daisy, I do have to point out <laughs> from last one, it was tomato juice. Oh, yes. It was not grenadine. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. Mama made an oopsie daisy. <laughs> I sent you that picture. I, uh-huh. I was editing the pod and I was like, you know what? I need to look up and see <laughs> if this actually was grenadine. And it was not. It would be funny. What if you had looked it up and then you had just like re-recorded the your part of the podcast? <laughs> you like just cut out everything I said and you were just like, and then Sally pours tomato juice into vodka. <laughs> And then just moving on. <laughs> I love it. It's just suddenly much louder and clearer. Yes. Sally pours <laughs> tomato juice. <laughs> and just to make it realistic, you just cut and paste me going, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Underneath you. <laughs> uh, technical stuff. We're really good yeah. at technical stuff. Yeah. Well, now I know what I'll do the next time I make an oopsie daisy. I'm just going to oh, fix no. it. I'm just going to fix that shit. Can't believe anything you hear anymore. No. <laughs> so what did you What did you think? How, how did you feel when you saw this car on fire and like this scene? What were you thinking was about to happen? Oh, well, I knew they weren't making it to the beach. Okay. As soon as, as, soon as Bobby pulls out this bottle of whiskey, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they ain't yeah. making it to the beach. Something's yeah. happening. Uh-huh. Um. And she just keeps asking him different things that he likes. And he's so, Mm -hmm. he seems so out of it in this scene. Yeah. Just very out of it. His eyes are just like glazed over. Glazed over. And he says, I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. She says, I feel, at one point she says, I feel so good. And he says, I don't feel a thing. Yeah. And he's also drinking the whiskey. Yeah. Don, there's a certain kind of drunk Don that is just fearless and, like, he's forgotten all of the sadness in his life. Mm-hmm. And that's when he doesn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then 
I know you always bring up the hair pull, but Bobby does an ear suckle. An ear nibble. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets uh, them into a car wreck. Yeah, because he closes his little eyes. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, girl, you got that ear nibble. Yeah. 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 And, and the next thing you know, the car is on mm-hmm. its side. Yeah. It's real scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Don at the police station. And well, here's what's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not interesting, but was a nice kind of historical for that historical what's the word i'm looking for like timely uh yeah sure you know when they do things right with the era um not anachronistic yeah i guess whatever the opposite there's a word for it yeah there's a word for it i'll I'll put that in i will Uh just say the correct word right here (laughs) but anyways when they get in the car wreck and the car is up Mm -hmm. on its side and because neither of them were wearing mm-hmm. seatbelts, they're all just smushed yeah. to the floor. Yeah. He's just like directly on top of her, um, mm-hmm. all the way to the side of the car. It was a it was a cool shot, like coming mm-hmm. in through the windshield. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also very much like, oh yeah, there's no fucking seatbelts. They would just be yeah. slammed to the ground. Yeah, that's a really sideways good point. in this car. It's almost like seatbelts keep you from being shoved around in a car. It's almost like that. And also, how were they not more hurt? That's a really good question. Because that was right. a tough... That, that was, was a big. hell of a car wreck. Well, you know, they say that drunks get less injured in car wrecks because they're not as tense. That's true. Yeah. That, I've, and those, I've, yeah. yeah. Also, that car was like a beast and it didn't yeah. get crushed. <laughs> but right. also... But I it think being on its... I mean... The answer is that it's a TV show and well, they didn't right. want them to get. I think right. that's mainly the answer. Right. Um, one ant- uh, some antonyms of anachronistic or anachronic or anachronous are synchronic, synchronal, uh, synchronal, or synchronous, which mm, are not what we're looking that's for. That's not any of what I want. Bit. No. Screw you, synonyms.com. All right. So they're at the police station, and the, the fuzz. Is- the fuzz. That was my lingo. Yeah. When the scene opened, did you say, it's the fuzz? And would that count? Yes. And yes. Okay. The end. Um, (laughs) They're giving, uh, the cop gives Don some coffee to sober up, which we know works perfectly. Mm -hmm. They're pretending that they're a married couple, uh, calling him Don and Mrs. Draper. Yes. And we learned that he was at the legal limit, which was 0.15. Which is... is Double the legal limit now. Yes. Great. <laughs> Triple. Is it Isn't 0.08? It? I thought it was 0.05. Maybe it's 0.08. All right. Believe me, I've been pulled over enough times. That's not true. I've never been pulled over. <laughs> I'm a responsible driver and a responsible drinker. Yes. Um, you could be You yeah. could be right. It could be 0.08. But still, yes, that the legal mm-hmm. limit is 0.15 yeah. is crazy. There should not be any numbers in that first digit. <laughs> no. So it's a 100... $50 fine. Which Don is, Bobby, do you I, want to know what that equals? Well, let's let's okay. go through the whole, we'll just say it, the, right. the fine is $150. Okay. Don and Bobby together only have $63 cash. And Don offers to send $500 the next day. Mm-hmm. But the officer rejects this bribe. Mm-hmm. And that feels... And that, that feels like the opposite of what would happen in 1962. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, right. you know, not all cops, right? Right. So tell us, all right, you all right. looked up those figures. Yes. Let's hear them. So $150. Yes. In 1962. 
is yes. the equivalent of seventy-five mm-hmm. cents shy of thirteen hundred dollars. So it's one thousand two hundred ninety-nine dollars and twenty-five cents. Wow. Mm-hmm. So That's it's thirteen hundred dollar fine. Five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Five hundred dollars is the equivalent yeah. in two two thousand twenty-one. To $4,330.83. Wow. That's la amula. It is. Sometimes I wonder about these conversions and like how they relate to the area and like, I don't mm. know. Because like buying, spending power, like right now, $10 in Tennessee and $10 in New York don't go as far as each other. True, true. And... As I understand it, New York wasn't as expensive as it is now, like... True, true. Relatively speaking, in the past. So I have... I don't hold... I don't say you're wrong. I just... You better not fucking say I'm wrong. Sometimes I wonder if the internet's wrong. The internet is not wrong. The internet is just giving us the rate of inflation. They're not saying purchasing power in various locales. Right, right. But that is the, I mean, uh, one dollar in New York in 1962 is now worth Mm -hmm. this many dollars Mm -hmm. in 2021 in New York or Florida or wherever. What you can do with that one dollar is different, but that's how much it's worth. Okay. We've gotten to a point with math that hurts my brain too much to think (laughs) further, so I'm satisfied with this being the end of our conversation. Great. Perfect. I'm sorry I brought it up. Um, so Don <laughs> picks a number. When Don picks up the address book, who did you think he was going to call? All right, now listen. Here's <laughs> here's what happened. I'm a little bit... Okay, sometimes mm-hmm. I love that the IMDb app or or Amazon Prime app tells you mm-hmm. who's in the scene. Mm-hmm. This was not did one of those times. Did you get it spoiled? Yeah, because yeah. I paused to mm-hmm. tippity-type. Yeah. Because I type all the notes... Uh, in my computer yeah. as I'm as I'm watching, and when mm-hmm. I paused, I saw that Peggy Olson. I was like, she yeah. ain't in this scene. So then yeah. I knew she was coming. Now, had I mm-hmm. not known that, I would have assumed yes. he was calling Sterling. Okay. I would have assumed yeah. he was calling maybe Pete, not Pete, but maybe like Ken, Ken. or like one of the guys. Yeah. 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 That would have been my so, guess. So what did you think when it was when you realized it was Peggy that he was calling? Like. What did you think of that? It was an interesting choice. Inter- well, mm-hmm. okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> we already know that yeah. Peggy can be discreet. Yes. And that the only reason she's not his secretary is mm-hmm. not because she was bad at being a secretary. Yeah. It's because she was good at being a copywriter. True. So exactly. he knows that whatever happens... Mm-hmm. She's going to keep it quiet because she has kept other things quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the boys, you can't touch. I mean. They're loud mouths. Roger, he could trust. Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Even, probably even with too. the Exactly. <laughs> but even with the infidelity. Like, it's not even an yeah. issue of, well, he can't know that mm-hmm. I was with Bobby because mm-hmm. Roger ain't got no room yeah. for nothing. Though he might have a problem with him canoodling with clients. Clients, yeah. And fucking up that right. bit. Especially now that he's a partner. Right. That's true. And they just saved the Utz account ass. Right. Um, so, yeah. But you know who he doesn't call? Betty. <laughs> oh, no. I knew, I, no, that's I not knew he wasn't calling Betty. Yeah. Or Joan. Right. So, when Peggy shows up, he she seems 
surprised to see Bobby Barrett Mm -hmm. and kind of exchanges a look with Don, but doesn't question it. And then drives them home. And like at this point, it becomes like Peggy all of a sudden just becomes the caretaker for this situation and Bobby. Yeah, she's out of nowhere. Yeah. Amazing. She's like keeping everything on the down low. She's Mm -hmm. like, we can take care of this. Don't worry about it. Don't get if you're going to get sick in my car, please tell me. Uh, Bobby looks beat to hell in this scene. Yeah, she looks bad. She looks bad. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just her car, it's her brother-in-law's car that she had to borrow. Right. And she had to put in $2 of gas. Right. And so she's not making, she's like putting out little kind of passive notes that she's been put out. Right. And I think we see later that Don doesn't really pick up on them, but Bobby does. Oh, yeah. Bobby can tell what's happening. And I also noticed, um, in a minor fashion note, that she's wearing gloves to drive. And I thought that was... she? That's cute. I didn't even notice. Yeah. That's very cute. Interesting. For someone who doesn't even own their own car, she has driving gloves, though. True. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah, this whole scene. And then she's even like... Don is telling her where to go, and she's like, well, you need to rent a car. I'm going to take you to LaGuardia. Mm -hmm. Like, she just has all the answers. She's in sudden problem-solving mode. Yeah. Oh, Bobby doesn't have any clothes. Well, she, she, does she have any dry cleaning? Do you cleaning need dry cleaning? Yeah. yeah. Like, That's a real secretary thought right? ahead. Yeah. She's thinking mm-hmm. like three steps ahead and she's mm-hmm. not, I mean, like you said, she's giving these little markers that she's annoyed. Yeah. But she's like, I'm just going to roll with it. It's fine. Yeah. She's like it's late. It. Right. It's late. Yeah. And this kind of mm-hmm. sucks, but here's what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. Yeah. And then she tells Don. You have to believe me that I'll forget this. I don't want you treating me badly because I remind you of it. Yeah. Which is very forward thinking. Yeah. And exactly like what happens. Yeah. So Don does come home at dawn and Betty is pissed. Oh, she's pissed. She's just been awake in bed the whole night. Yeah. And um, he tells her that it was that blood pressure. So we do get back... From the very first time we see him in the season that he's been put on blood pressure medication. And the phenobarbs. That. Yeah. The phenobarbital. Mm-hmm. And um, that upsets her. And, and like she kind of goes to, you promised that you wouldn't disappear like that anymore. And then is sad because her dad has high blood pressure. Right. And so it's another... We saw this in the last season, too, where he's able to like soften Betty by making it somehow... Just more personal, but instead of it being my dad beat the shit out of me and I hated him for it, it's your dad had high blood pressure, so you have to be nice to. Him. It's it's like it was legitimate in the in the last episode, but this one, he's being more manipulative mm-hmm. with um those personal things. Well, he and doesn't I, mention mm-hmm. that that Betty's dad had high blood pressure. Yes, that's true. She mentions it. It just it just ends up that, and it's it's like. Both of these are scenes that, like, happen in bed. And, yeah. And they're just very similar feeling. And it's, like, the honest connection that they had in the previous scene is... What is that sound? That is Ferris uh, picking at <laughs> a scratching post. Oh, good. It's very loud. Was it really? Oh, yes. Wow. This is a sensitive microphone. Um <laughs> 
it, it, it was just like, it was so sweet and so honest in, in the last episode, but this one is so dishonest and so ugly that it makes it less sweet. Hmm. Like, there, there's a lot of Betty being sweet to Don in this up that he doesn't deserve, and that's hard to watch. Yeah, so that's more what it was for me, that yeah. she is showing a genuine concern mm-hmm. for his health because she just mm-hmm. saw her mom die a year yeah. prior. Mm-hmm. Um, she has sort of this contentious relationship with her dad, especially mm-hmm. now that he has this new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that she's like, oh, well, shit, my dad has high blood pressure and, and yeah. you know, he might get sick and die. And Don, mm-hmm. this must mean that you're old. And we all know how Betty yeah. feels about old things. Right. Um, and not an imperfect. valuable. Yeah. Imperfect mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think she's showing genuine concern yeah. for his health and his safety. Agreed. And he, and you're right, he's just yeah. like letting her mm-hmm. feel that way for him. Yeah. Even though he doesn't fucking deserve it. <laughs> and um, before she calms down, she's mad that he didn't call and he gets mad at her for being mad about it. Yeah. And it was like, that's the same thing that Pete does later with Trudy is. Right that's twisting it so that you're mad at being oh that's a real common thing oh yeah of course it actually what it reminds me of is something i keep reading about um how white women say something racist and then they get accused of racism and then they start crying and so Mm. everyone then has to be nice to it like takes the focus away from the actual racist statement and uh, right so you know men's tears White women's tears. You just gotta, you gotta not trust anybody. That's what I say. <laughs> Definitely not be nice to anybody. So, Bobby is at Peggy's apartment, and she's on the phone with Jimmy. She tells him she's at a fat farm, mm-hmm. um, which is one of many references that Bobby makes to the way she looks, yes, and the way other people look. So even though she's like this tough broad who has gold nail polish, she's still, uh, you know, Marilyn. Most women would love to have Marilyn's problems. Yes. She's really judge me, judgy yes. about all women. Yes. Oh, and they mention that Marilyn's going to play at the president's birthday at Madison Square they Garden. They sure do. Isn't that a fun little uh, time code? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole, th- all of these scenes with Bobby in Peggy's mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah are so interesting because Peggy is still just playing this ultimate um, problem solver. Mm-hmm. So she goes out and gets milk because, you know, she lives alone. Mm-hmm. Milk in her place just goes bad, but she knows she's going to want it for her coffee. She gets food. Yeah. Um, she didn't sleep because she went out shopping. And right. Right. She says, I'm not, do you mind if I lay down? I'm not used to staying <laughs> up all night. <laughs> yeah. Implying that Bobby is used to staying exactly, up Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then she tells a story about a kid that she knew who hit his hit his head, felt went to sleep, and then died. Yes, Bobby says she has a headache. Yeah, and and yeah, and Peggy's like, well, there was a little boy down the street yeah. who was swinging and hit uh-huh. his head, and now he's dead. So Peggy is definitely not like her bedside manner. She doesn't give a shit about right. how Bobby feels. Right. But it does explain when they were in the car. She kept insisting that Bobby right. not fall asleep. Right. And um, so that explains that concern. And then Bobby actually thinks of the accident, like has a memory of it. And I wrote gets stranger, but I don't know if that's (laughs) what that means. Well, she says that she can't remember it. 
Yeah. She keeps saying that she can't rem- remember it. And every time mm-hmm. she f- she tries, it's harder yeah. and harder. Or maybe yeah. the memory is getting stranger. Maybe that's what you meant by stranger. Because she mentions something like it. that. Yeah. And and Peggy tells her, if you're lucky, it will disappear. Mm-hmm. Which, just, you know, keep thinking about that one. Mm-hmm. And she asks him, she, uh, Bobby asks Peggy if she's Don's secretary. Because Bobby just has no idea what Peggy is, what his right. relationship with Don is, why right. they're together why she's doing all of this and you know what exactly no either yeah yeah she can't understand why peggy would go through all this trouble not only Mm -hmm. for don but now also for bobby yeah because she could have just sent bobby on her way to some hotel and not had to deal Mm -hmm. with her and instead she's gonna pick up her dry cleaning she's getting her milk she's getting her food she's Mm -hmm. making up the couch Mm -hmm. she's really going out of her way to help this woman yeah so that kind of we kind of leave them in uh, Peggy's apartment, and that's when we see Don coming into work. He's got his arm in a sling. Yep. That's when he ignores Jane and says he's not paying attention till they're here a month. Yep. And the excuse, like he just tells Ken, "I missed the bottom step." Like I think he's done this before, and he'll do it again. Right. He just like, I'm gonna give you a clearly bullshit answer, and don't ask any follow up questions. Yep. But Jimmy calls and he wants or does he talk to don directly or does he talk to the secretary he talks to ken he calls ken talks to ken and says that he's gonna come in in a few days Mm -hmm. or he wants to come in and don says is he upset about something and ken's like i Mm -hmm. don't know and don says well let's put him off for a few days and let him cool down so what did you think of that why did you think he didn't want him to come in that day well because he didn't want him to see him in a sling and all fucked up Ah. yeah yeah it's pretty suspicious that bobby is putting off uh is like yeah by the way i'm at a fat farm now that i didn't tell you i was going to be at. right right and don yeah so then don um calls peggy i wrote day off work for mistress care <laughs> so yeah so he calls yeah. peggy at home to check uh-huh. on bobby yeah and he says is everything okay Mm-hmm. And Peggy says she's fine. And she's like, okay, we'll put her on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he talks to Bobby for a little bit. Yeah. And Bobby also doesn't know what Jimmy's after, why he would need to see him. Right. And I, I just kind of, at this point, Don and Bobby's relationship is so interesting. Because it's like they know that they're in trouble. Like, they know right. they're both, like, kind of on their heels. Right. And they don't actually like each other enough to, like bond over it or like right. make some kind of you know what who cares they're both like we need to cover our shit because right. this could hurt both of us um all the fun they were having they're now like reaping the consequences right that's all it was it was just yeah. fun it wasn't yeah. we care about each other it wasn't mm-hmm. this is going to be an affair it was yeah. we are two impulsive impetuous people who mm-hmm. we're gonna do what we want to do yeah and now it's gonna bite them in the ass yes they are currently being bitten in the ass. Yes. Uh, and so once they're off the phone, Bobby asks uh, Peggy directly, why are you doing this? And she tells her that he's done a lot for me and he made me a copywriter. I think that's when Bobby says, you made yourself a copywriter. You, I, she says, I bet you made yourself a copywriter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And at some point she says, 
Uh, Peggy says, I never expect him to be any other way than what he is. So Bobby says, he's mm-hmm. a decent man, isn't he? You wouldn't mm-hmm. expect him to be. Mm. And Peggy says, I never mm-hmm. expect him to be any other way but what he is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, what do we have? We have a flashback. Flashback. To Peggy at the hospital. All fatty fat again. She's all fatty fat. So this is post-pregnancy Peggy. Yeah. And we hear her mom and brother, no, her mom and sister, I don't know who her brother is, are talking with the doctor and, like, saying that she needs to stay in for a few more days. She's not able to make decisions for herself. That's what the doctor is saying. Yes, yes, yes. And the mom is saying she should be at home with us. Mm Mm-hmm. And who, who's her, who's her sister again? (sighs) What do we see? What, what do we know about her sister? (sighs) Oh. Anita? Oh, Anita. Anita. So the, the, this whole time that this is happening, yeah. the camera is is zoomed in very close on Peggy's face and she's pretending to be asleep or pretending uh-huh. not to be paying attention. Yeah. And you just hear these other things happening in the background. You don't see anybody. Yeah. And then the camera cuts over to the mm-hmm. family and the doctor and there is the sister pregnant as can be. Pregnant as can be. The most so, pregnant that yeah. a person can be pregnant. You cannot miss the fact that the sister is pregnant. No. And we had a long conversation. Like, it's been an issue all season of what happened to Peggy's baby. Listen. Was this baby. And I've been warning you that it is not firmly established that the baby belonged to Peggy. That's true. that they heavily implied it. Heavily. So, if... Uh Now, what the show was trying to do was make me think that that was Peggy's baby. Yeah. They had not, up to this point, said that her sister was pregnant. Uh None of that. This is the first time... Mm-hmm. This is the very first it time. Is. So now, and only yes. now, am I willing uh-huh. to believe that perhaps, <laughs> uh-huh. only maybe. Okay. Oh, there's still a possibility it's not. This is 1960. Pregnancies go bad all the time. Maybe sure. sister loses that baby and she's like, good good thing we got one on standby. That That's too much, Ashley. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's possible. So in Matt Zollerseist's article, The Patron Saint patron saint of amnesia about this mm. episode he writes the new girl rectifies a point of confusion about what happened to peggy's baby the scene in flight one season two episode two where anita practically commands her sister to say goodnight to the baby mm-hmm. leads us to think that it's peggy's own son she's saying goodnight to matthew weiner has said that the writers deliberately confused viewers here to heighten the surprise when they finally learn that the baby in the bassinet is anita's there you so, go um I, I was actually talking to that before I read this article. I didn't realize that Matthew Weiner had said that. I talked to my dad about it. And, uh-huh. and one theory we came up with was what if they wanted a little bit of flexibility about uh-huh. what happened to Peggy's baby? Uh-huh. You know, maybe maybe they wanted the option of having her sister raise the baby. But then it's only episode five of this season. So right. I don't know. They had to change stuff for Pete's dad, so why couldn't they change stuff for Peggy's baby? True. But regardless, that has been settled, notwithstanding your outlandish, uh, that we've <laughs> lost two babies, or I don't know, that we don't have Anita's baby, we do have Peggy's baby. Yes. Listen, I have thought of far more outlandish things, Catherine. <laughs> that is not that far-fetched. True. Very. Yeah, but that's one... It depends on how much you want me to believe it, whether it's far-fetched or not. (laughs) I'm not saying you have to believe anything. 
Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> great. We're agreed. <laughs> so Peggy's mother tells her, I'm going, but I'm not leaving, Peaches. I'm not and leaving, the Peaches. the doctor... Yeah, that's real. It's sweet that her mom shows that affection for her even after this, like, big surprise medical issue. Yeah. Like, that she's still caring for her. Yeah. Because uh, her sister doesn't look happy about it. Um, but the doctor talks to Peggy and asks her, you know, what year is it? Who's the president? Where are you? And she answers all those questions. But then once she gets to the reason for being there, she says she doesn't know. And when they tell her she had a baby, she just turns her head and, like, yeah. doesn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She insists that she doesn't know why she's there. And then she says, I don't feel like myself. And he says, we have you yeah. on meds so that you'll be relaxed and talk to us. <laughs> Which is a red flag. Right. Right. <laughs> what the hell do they have her on? <laughs> right. And um, then, yeah, he mentions a baby and the whole uh-huh. world falls away for Peggy. Nothing else exists. Yeah. yeah. She's um, working real hard to forget that. So when we come back to Peggy in the present, she... Uh, Which I want op- I want to note something. Yes, please. When we come back to Peggy in the present is immediately following Joan in that royal blue dress and her blue, mm-hmm. big blue ass in Roger's yeah. office. And Peggy, we open uh, in this scene with Peggy wearing the exact same color blue sweater. Oh. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Exact same royal blue. Hmm. Which was very interesting, this this yeah. connection they're making between these two women. Indeed. Because they have no real interaction in this whole episode, but mm-hmm. this is definitely a woman-highlighted episode. And... Hmm. Yep. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Anyway. I wrote, Peggy changed again, because I feel like every time we see Peggy in her apartment, she's in a different outfit. Yes. But I didn't actually write down what she was writing. And then I wrote, awkward conversation, and that Bobby is more interested in Peggy than vice versa. Yeah, um, so this is when they're talking about how Peggy went out to get the milk for her coffee. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have it because she lives alone. And yeah. that, you know, it's nice to have company there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby's talking about how she's going to cover the purple shiner mm-hmm. with green eyeshadow. Yeah. And they're having yeah. this kind of like, just kind of friendly conversation. Mm-hmm. And immediately, they get a few lines in and then Bobby's like, so are you in love with him? Yeah. And Peggy's like, No. And yeah. Bobby says, it's not a ridiculous question, so are you? And Peggy says, it's, it's a, a personal p- question, and mm-hmm. I've already answered you. Which is such a good response. Mm-hmm. I, like, I want to write that on an index card and keep it in my pocket so that, like, <laughs> I can remember those phrases. There you go. Um, and Peggy won't ask Bobby the same question. Like, right. Bob, she doesn't care. Um, but Bobby tells her that you're so young and beautiful. And Peggy says, I'm not your competition. Right. <laughs> Which is so true. Yeah. Don isn't, into, Don isn't into younger women the way Roger no. Carlton are. Don mm-hmm. is very much into established, older, strong, very strong-willed mm-hmm. women. Yeah. So Peggy, who is young and only mm-hmm. just starting to come into her own. Mm-hmm. Is not what he is interested in. No, no, it's and and Don does have. We've seen him treat her like a colleague, and almost they're almost like friends. I mean, these this 
he called her to bail him yeah. and his mistress out of the drunk tank. Right. And it's not because it, they're not, that is not her job. She is not his assistant. She is not his secretary. So, right. Um, I mean, it's just Bobby just doesn't understand. And we'll find out a little bit later kind of what Bobby is missing. But um, mm-hmm. the last, uh, the, the next time we see them, it's right after Freddie plays Mozart on his zipper. Uh, Bobby <laughs> is making up her eye. She's, she, it's like she, it's healed enough that now she's just going to put makeup on it. And she's trying to like pay Peggy back a little bit with counsel. And mm-hmm. I wrote, she's trying to counsel Peggy to be a boss bitch. Yeah. And that's how she's showing her appreciation. Yeah. And just asking Peggy, like, what what do you actually want? And telling her you have to start living the life of the person you want to be. You have to, uh, you can't be a man. Don't even try. Be a woman. It's powerful business when done correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Another instance of be the, find the job you want and be that person. Same Mm -hmm. thing that she told Don. Yeah. Start living the life of the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking also that Joan had told Jane, had like given her, this is, if you want to be the office strumpet, here's what you can do. I've walked this road before. And Peggy doesn't want to be that kind of woman. She wants to be a business person. Right. And uh, Bobby is giving her, you know, she's been there before. And the, and because and, we've talked about how Peggy has been very brusque and very kind of short with people ever since she became a copywriter, especially. Right. And this is Bobby saying, like, you don't have to try to be the tough guy that men are. You can use, you can be feminine, you can be a woman and still uh, be an equal. Right. You don't have to be a man to be an equal. You can be a woman and be an equal. Well, and she specifically tells him, you're never going to get that corner office until you start Mm -hmm. treating Don as an equal. Yeah. And then we see that later in the episode. Yeah. Because she starts to do that. Mm-hmm. And it and it breaks through to Peggy. Like, mm-hmm. she's... Uh, she's she's kind of had a, kept a, her distance from Bobby and kept a wall between them. But this is, like, finally... She kind of... Because she stopped talking about looks and about who you're kissing, who are you sleeping with, who are right. you in love with. She's talking about being, like, a, an individual, uh, more strong woman. Right. So the, the next time we see... Uh, Bobby's gone, and Peggy is cleaning up after her in their in their her apartment, and we have another flashback. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of what who who showed up in this flashback? I knew it was going to be Don. Okay, I knew I knew as soon as she was having this conversation um, mm-hmm. with being in with Bobby about being in love with him, and she was like, "He helped me a lot. You know, he was yeah. really there for me." Um, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, there was all that time that she was yeah. gone from the office." Mm-hmm. And clearly Don must have had something to do with it. He knew something. Yeah. Clearly he knew something because she wasn't just fired. Because she got a promotion and disappeared. Exactly. Right. So I knew yeah. when she's like, is that really you? Are you really here? I knew it was going to be Don in the hospital mm-hmm. at her bedside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peggy's mother had told Don that Peggy had tuberculosis. As yeah. That was supposed to lessen my concern. Right. Your mom said you were quarantined. Yeah. uh and so they he asks her what do they want you to do and what does she say like i don't want to do it she's he says what's wrong with you and she says Mm -hmm. i don't know and he says what do they want you to do and she Mm -hmm. says i don't know okay and he says yes you do do it do whatever they say 
Listen to me. Get out of here and move <laughs> forward. This never happened. It will shock you how much it never happened. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Donnie. Yeah. And it's 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 so interesting because now we know that Peggy was paraphrasing Don earlier when she told Bobby <clears throat> that if you're lucky, you'll completely, you know, right. you'll forget it. Right. And we also know that Don has pretended things never happened. Oh, before. yeah. That's his, like, favorite thing to do. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Do Um, whatever they say. Just do it. And then um, they're back in the office, and and it's after Bobby has gone, and Don is, like, chastising her in front of other people for not doing the work that she was supposed to do when she was taking care of Bobby. Right. And I said, Don treats Peggy like she didn't just save his ass. Uh Uh-huh. And then she stands up for herself, and she's like... $110 $110 might not be a lot to you, but it's a lot to me. Um, $110 is, uh-huh. oh. in 2021 money, mm-hmm. is $952.78. Wow. That's a lot of moolah. That's a lot of money. To just hand over to somebody, some fucking yeah. rich white man. Yeah. And we see that Don has already, he's so good at forgetting stuff. He yes. says, when you try to forget something, you have to forget everything. Right. And then Peggy says... Thank you, Don. Not thank you, Mr. Draper. He'd been, she'd been referring exactly. to him as Mr. Draper. Exactly. Even yeah. earlier in that scene, she called him Mr. Draper. And now all of a sudden, he's uh, Don. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a big shift for someone, uh, you know, who was just a secretary. Right. Um, so that's when we see uh, Jimmy Barrett and Bobby Barrett are approaching with Ken and, and Jimmy compliments jane mm-hmm. uh i really liked he asks what happened to don and he says old football injury and jamie says i get those too <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah that is also a lie i tell when i have a, a an injury i can't tell anyone about right and it's the str- like what did you think tell tell us your impression of jimmy in this scene it was very confusing so yeah his whole thing is just to come in and thank don for uh-huh. um, helping him get this show off the ground, for convincing the Utz yeah. people to let him out of his contract and and for making mm-hmm. this all happen. Um, yeah. But the entire time, it still has this feeling of, like, he knows something. Yeah. Like, it kind of had this feeling of, like, Jimmy's got something that he's hiding. Mm-hmm. That he Maybe knows. it's not just a coincidence that right. all of this is happening at the same time. Right. He says, I wanted you to know that I'm not a bad guy. And Don mm-hmm. says, I know that. And Jimmy says, yeah. nobody knows that. <laughs> Which was really You're a cool cat, Donnie. You're a cool cat, Donnie. Man, how close is that to slap at Johnny? That you never said you're a oh. cool cat, Donnie. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my whole world is crumbling right now. Why in all of those Johnnies did I never say Donnie? What the hell is the matter with me? I'm such a monster. It was right there. It was right in yeah. front of me the whole time. Yeah. Wow. This is a personal correction that I'm reminded of from last episode. When we, I said that yak milk had killed my cousin. And I didn't say yaktose intolerance. Oh, God. 
What's and the matter with us? I just want to apologize. Kate? We are failing F- big time right now. Big time. On behalf of Mad Women, dear listeners, we apologize. <laughs> we resolve to do better. <laughs> My favorite is that you call them dear listeners. <laughs> Every single time you address anyone who could possibly be listening to this, it's dear, yeah. li- dear listeners. Yeah. I, it feels and very... And it's not uh, a salutation. It's, it's, it's a term uh-huh. of endearment. Yeah. It is, it's based off of two things. One is a vague memory of like Victorian novels that occasionally would address dear listener or some kind of reader, uh, dear reader. Okay. And also I've long been fascinated by how you refer to Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-un as dear leader. I think it's that. How I specifically. Yeah, you. <laughs> how you fucking love the dictator of North Korea. And you're always like, dear leader. It's something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But I like to refer, like, I think, I think, now that I'm thinking of it, that's how I would, when I was in Weight Watchers, I would refer to our leader as dear, dear leader. Because <laughs> I was in the thing with my dad. <laughs> and that was based on one of the Kim Jongs. Yeah. And, that's a different yeah. kind of dictator. The Weight Watchers leader. <sighs> yeah. The bitch telling me that. This apple was too big, but this apple was better. Nay, nay. Mm-mm. I don't need you policing my fruit. Dear leader. Lady. Dear leader. <laughs> huh. We've got like one scene left. <laughs> ah, making good use of our time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Um, so that scene is Don comes home. To a dinner of meatloaf and rolls. Okay, let me just say real quick. Okay. When they open on this scene and they're like scooping out the meatloaf or the mashed potatoes, whatever it is. Uh Uh-huh. The foley in this scene made me so (laughs) uncomfortable. Really? It was so, it was like. (laughs) Just the most disgusting like slap noises. This is not the diegetic sound that we're looking for. No, that's Mm -hmm. not what I want. So the children really immediately yell, Daddy! Uh-huh. And I have a question about this because I feel like every time anyone enters a room or Sally enters a room, she just yells either Polly or Daddy. Like, she yeah. always is yelling Daddy. Yeah. Is this what children do in real life? Well, yes. Okay. When I come home, yeah. that is what my children... Mama! Okay. Yes. That's what I wanted to know. Yes. That's sweet. And it's very I mean, sweet. Yeah. It makes me feel real good. I, I kind of do that in reverse with my cats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't just know that already. <laughs> Fairies! Bloom! That's right. Oh, my God. That's what I do. Oh, Lord. So, Don, looking for the salt. Betty won't let him have salt because his blood pressure is too high. And Sally asks, why can't Daddy have salt? And Betty says, because we love him. Because we love him. And that's got Don feeling some kind of way. Like, oh, so this woman actually cares about my health and wants me to stay alive. But that other woman... 
uh, made me. That other woman almost murdered me. Yeah. Yeah. Encouraged me. I'm an adult who can make my own decisions, but clearly this woman does not love me. Right. Right. But Peggy is a woman who also took care of him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, I think he's a little bit taken aback by like, oh yeah, love of a woman. That's something that I I thought I wanted. What have I done? Yeah. And that's... And that's that's that. Yeah. And then it's just a very slow pullback through the house mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. some non-diegetic sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this episode was a doozy. Oh, uh, listen, we started yeah. by saying it was a doozy. It's still yeah. a doozy. It never stopped being a doozy. Here we are two hours later and woof. <laughs> Doozarella. Um, yeah. We. I mean, there's like a big ass car wreck. Yep. That's huge. Yep. We see Rachel again. Yeah. We, we kind of get a version of closure with Rachel. Um, yeah. We see, I don't know about you. And once again, I don't remember who's in what episode, but it felt like, I don't know if Don and Bobby can survive as a romantic couple. No. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest thing is we see that, Don, like, knows what happened to Peggy and supported her. Well, yes! Uh, yeah. Big Shakaroo was fucking <laughs> sister was pregnant, too! Yeah. I did not mean to rhyme, but I'm glad that I did. I'm always glad when you rhyme. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got, like, there's another kind of closure where we're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that baby... We don't know where Peggy's baby is. Right. But it's not here. Right. And then there's just, we get to see a lot of Joan, which is always a doozy. Uh, I, I noticed that, I, I took note of lingo, and we discuss, we said tall cotton, mm-hmm. and immediately Jane, Joan says gangbusters. Gangbusters, yes. And But the most lingo-y of all of them is that Pete says the term Donnybrook. Yes. It, it's, yeah. It's when he's arguing with um, with Trudy. Trudy in their final scene. And I looked it up, and I don't remember, like, the sentence he mm. used it in, but it means, like, a big scene fight. Like, I think they were, at that time, having a Donnybrook. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like that, so. Interesting. So I'm just... These... I think in the beginning of our podcast... You were interested in lingo that actually occurred, <laughs> not just lingo that you were predicting would occur. <laughs> and so I just wanted to bring those up. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for no trying to, to recenter me. <laughs> that's that's my role here is to just keep you on track. Keep me grounded. Keep you grounded. Oh, man. All right. So All we, right. we talked fashion. We, we talked, talked fashion. I'm going gonna, gonna to rate this ep. Please rate this episode. All right. I'm going to give this okay. ep. This was a doozy of an app. It was a good one. There was a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. There was some yes. good acting. There were yes. some funny moments, like uh, Roger mm-hmm. jerking it with that bouncy ball. <laughs> yeah. Whenever she's free. <clears throat> right. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was mm-hmm. some some revelations that happened Indeed. with Peggy. So I'm gonna give this up nine out of ten. Um. Nine out of ten um, nudie mags. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that the tenth nudie, ma- the tenth magazine is just U.S. News and World Report. Yes, yes. The tenth one is the true story nine. of what happened at Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nine of them. But nine nudie. of them are nudie mags. Yeah. So nine out of ten yeah. nudie mags. Um, <clears throat> it was a good app. It was a good app. All, All right. right. Are we ready for Ashley predicts? Yes. Music cue. Ashley predicts. Or yakety yak. Ashley predicts. That was the other. Oh, this brings up something that I also talked about with my dad. That I also haven't confirmed like independently, but I believe him because he's an honest man. Okay. And that is that yakety yak came out and had a saxophone solo. And then someone took the saxophone solo and turned it into yakety sax. So there is a reason what? that they both have yakety in them. What? Right? I still have not actually listened to it. And I thought that yakety sax was a lot older, but that's related to the fact that I thought it was a Benny Hill song. And I simply don't know when Benny I Hill I think it's a, so Benny, it, it's a Benny Hill song. Yeah. In my head, Benny Hill is like from the 20s. But I think that's just wrong. Hmm. So, um... That, that's just another thing to throw us off. Okay, I'm gonna have to do some. I'm gonna have to do some research on that. Now I need to know everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, well, because it's yakety sax, like S A X, like a saxophone. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? Yeah, that doesn't change anything. No, but I, in my brain, it was spelled a different way. Oh, how was it spelled? In my brain, it was S A K S, like Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Like a word that doesn't exist other than Listen, Yes. Shush. <laughs> Listen, don't I. Don't talk ha- back. I, don't talk back is just when they're. Uh, that's like the instructions to the shop girls, to Listen. the rich socialites that go shopping there. Um, don't talk back. Listen, my mm-hmm. elementary principal, his last name yes. was Sack, S A K. Okay. And his first name was Richard, and he went by Dick. My elementary principal's name was Dick Sack. I am not joking. Oh, my God. Yes, Dick Sack was my elementary principal. Wow. He had to be in elementary because if he was in middle or high school, he just It would have been over, yeah. Yeah. You can't teach children with a name like that. My elementary went through sixth grade, so. Boy. Listen, we knew. We knew all about a Dick Sack. That is... Give it up, Dick. Come on, man. Change your name to Don like a normal person. Or go by Richard. Go by Rich. Yeah. Go by Ricky. Mm-hmm. Nah, he wanted to be Dick. Dick Sack. <laughs> so, listen. Wow. That's where my he brain went for Sack. He was probably a pervert himself. He was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I knew that it was sax because it's a saxophone that's playing. <laughs> <laughs> That was my clue. Okay. Now, listen, we can't um. all be musical geniuses around here, okay? <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. All right. Ashley predicts. Oh, Let's Lord. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut all of that out. Yes. No one deserves to hear that. <laughs> all right. You're going to yuck. Ashley predicts. Um, hey. Okay. Peggy. Mm-hmm has taken Bobby's words to heart. Mm. And she realizes that trying to be the boss bitch means mm-hmm. that she needs to um, nice it up a little bit. Just a little bit. 
she needs to mm-hmm. lean into the power that she already has as opposed yeah. to trying to summon her power from others. Okay. She's been bitch boss. She needs to be yes. boss bitch. Mm-hmm. So okay. she's going to start treating everyone as an equal. Oh. No okay. one is either above or beneath her. Okay. So she's going to burst into Cooper's office and be like, mm-hmm. what up, Coopy boy? <laughs> and just start ch- she's gonna eat something uh-huh. weird with him uh-huh. like they're just gonna be plopped yes. on the couch eating some weird food yeah um Gross. with no shoes on mm-hmm. um and then likewise like the the janitors at sterling mm-hmm. coup she grabs a mop she starts mopping uh-huh. okay um as she's trying to sort of figure out what it means mm-hmm. to be an equal this is very much like an eat, pray, love journey style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's Peggy. Yes. Um, Pete is so excited that he has mm-hmm. now learned that his boys are viable. Yes. Um, that he just, he starts telling everybody. Okay. So he's walking around New York and he's like, you know what? I got semen. <laughs> and the people are like, okay. Uh-huh. And then eventually it's not enough for him to just tell people. So he just, Mm -hmm. he's like, listen, I want to prove it to you. Do you want to go get it on? (laughs) And they're like, okay. Oh, okay. So Pete just starts having sex with a bunch of people. Okay. He does end up fathering quite a few children. Yes. Several. Uh I would say no less than nine. Okay. Meanwhile, Trudy is at the library looking mm-hmm. up books on how you blow up ovaries. <laughs> she, she wants to save yeah. some money. She wants to do it at home. So she's <laughs> she's trying to get some schematics. Uh-huh. She's looking for schematics on how you blow up ovaries. That can get you uh, called into the FBI these days. Yeah, sure could. Yeah, you can get on a no-fly list looking up how to <laughs> ovary blow up schematics. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Don. Mm-hmm. Oh, Don. Oh, Don. Oh, Don. Um, Don, 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 Don. Don and Bobby are done. Oh, okay. Uh, the the yeah. sexual side. Bobby's going to keep right. trying. Mm-hmm. She's not going to give up because uh, mm-hmm. she just wants what she wants. Yeah. But Don is going to start pushing back even a little bit harder now than he has been. And mm-hmm. he's not going to give it up. And yeah. he's going to be like, you're just trying to feed me salt. <gasps> yeah, he starts noticing all these little salt packets <laughs> in Bobby's purse. And he's like, this is proof. This is proof uh-huh. that you don't actually care about me. All you uh-huh. want is to throw your feminine wiles around and mm-hmm. make me have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so he won't he won't sleep with her. Yeah. Now, Jimmy comes in and is like, okay. hey, man, I see what you did there. Thanks for not sleeping mm-hmm. with my wife anymore. Yeah, that sounds like Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and 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 Betty is so concerned about Don's health mm-hmm. that she goes around the town that they're in. Okay. I forget which which town they live in. I don't. But remember. she goes all around town and she starts stealing all of the salt. <laughs> there you just cannot get salt in that town anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She has perpetually pregnant Patty help her. Mhm. And they just that go around to the different restaurants and the grocery mm-hmm. sh- stores and the yeah. neighbors' homes, stealing all the uh-huh. salt. I I love that as like a backdoor pilot 
for another show where this town doesn't have salt anymore. Yeah. But then there's like one miser that just has like a, a yes. garage that's just filled with salt. Yes. Yeah. But that's not this show. That's a different show. That's a different show. That we're spinning off. That's a, that'll be our other YouTube channel. It's called uh, Sweet and Salty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, name pending. Name pending. Oh, yeah. and then the lingo. Yes. Yes, please. Now listen, I'm really disappointed in myself. <laughs> I feel like the opportunity was right there all along, and I got so sidetracked with Johnny that I forgot about Donnie, and I cannot believe I mean, it. We're not going to talk about how there are two Bobbies, and you never use that name either. <laughs> fuck Bobby and fuck you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Can the lingo. The, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the lingo is going to mm-hmm. be. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just, okay. I'm going in a completely different direction. <laughs> clearly, clearly I was not nailing it with the 60s. You're going just simple. I'm I'm going a different direction. Totally Feels different kind direction. Nineties. I know. Network TV. I know. Where like and it. you know what? If but, it happens, you're going to be uh-huh. like, you're amazing. Hey, baby. Yeah. Hey, baby. Now, if someone says, "Hey, baby," does that qualify? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna take right, it. Just sure. I'm gonna take it. I, hey, I just... baby. Hello, mm-hmm. child. Okay. Or, hey, baby. Those are the three possibilities. Yes. <laughs> Hello, child. Hello, Sorry. child. Sorry. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm not in the next episode, so the likelihood of someone saying, Hello, child, is reduced significantly. Mm, yes. That yes. is how I address children. I know it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, animals. No offense, children. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I think we stayed on track and we took care of business here. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Thanks to all of our fans, not just my parents. We love you all. We love you all. Uh, and feel free to interact with us on all of our social medias. If you have a fun fact uh, that corrects one of us. If you find an, or, a whoopsie daisy, you let us yeah. know. Or just like, you know, somebody's married to somebody and we didn't mention it yet. Yeah. <laughs> we like those. If you want to send me any 60s yeah. lingo Ooh, yeah. for me to start contemplating how to fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. So, uh, thank you again. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And until next time, Merry Mad Men to all, and, and to all a good, good night. night. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.